beginning of Solomon's reign was far more illustrious than its end. As with David, his father, Solomon's downfall was a matter of the heart. He should have been a man after the Lord's own heart, and as a Christ, a Messiah, he should surely have demonstrated faithful love to his bride. But uh, in 1 Kings chapter 11, uh, King Solomon, it says, loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter. Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. They were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines, and his wives led him astray. Verse 4, as Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father had been. He followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Moloch, the detestable god of the Ammonites. So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely, as his father David had done. So Solomon, his heart goes after the wrong thing. 700 wives, 300 concubines. Just imagine it, a thousand mothers-in-law. Imagine it. Goodness me, the end, was, the end was nigh for Solomon. After Solomon died, his heart going after the wrong things, the kingdom was split. The northern kingdom, 10 of the 12 tribes, was known as Israel and was ruled by Jeroboam. After him came 19 more kings, and all of them were judged to be evil in the books of 1 and 2 Kings. The northern kingdom was then carried away into exile by the invading Assyrians. At the same time, the southern kingdom, the tribes of Judah and Benjamin, was known as Judah and was ruled by Rehoboam. And after him came 19 kings also. They did slightly better than their northern counterparts, but still, only eight of those 19 kings were judged good. And eventually they too were carried away into exile by the invading Babylonians. Our phrase for, for, for today comes around 200 years after Solomon's reign. Hezekiah was the king of Judah, 13 generations after King Solomon. Hezekiah began to reign aged 25. But just four years later, this is what happened in 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 1. In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says, Put your house in order, because you are going to die, you will not recover. Well, Hezekiah pleads with the Lord, and then he receives this answer from the prophet in verse 5. This is what the Lord, the God of your father David, says, I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up, you will rise up to the temple of the Lord. So it goes on in verse 6, I will add 15 years to your life, and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant, David. Every phrase here is dripping with resurrection importance here. But it's only as we read on to the next chapter that we realize how crucial it was that Hezekiah was healed. You see, it wasn't only Hezekiah who was saved from death. He was granted an extra 15 years, but as we read in the next chapter, when he finally died, his son Manasseh was just 12. 
And so suddenly we realize that when he fell ill, Hezekiah was childless. If he had died, the seed of David, the offspring of David, would have died with him. And so this healing has huge resurrection significance. The Lord raises up the seed of David on the third day. For the sake of the Lord's house, he is merciful and he spares Hezekiah. But only for 15 years. Soon enough, Hezekiah does indeed die and his house has to be put in order again. His children's houses would also have to be put in order. Every single king of Israel would have to put their own house in order. And as we consider this line of kings, we might think that it's these men who reign. But actually, we realize it's death that reigns. Everyone has to put their house in order. The house of David is constantly needing to be put in order because the offspring of David keep on dying. Even Jesus, the offspring, the seed of David, will go down to death. But his death will be a death-killing death, and his resurrection is the life-giving life. Therefore, with Jesus, it's not so much a case of you will die, you will not recover, as 1 Kings 20 verse verse 1 says. It's far more a case of you will die, and then you will recover. And for all those who come to Jesus, that becomes our pattern, dying and then living. Therefore, we, like Hezekiah, should be ready for death. We will go the way of all the earth. But we won't put our house in order with fear or fatalism, but in faith. Knowing that we we can't take it with us when we go, we will make sure that our affairs are in order. But as we do so, we entrust ourselves to the risen king who has another house. Our house needs packing away. But in John chapter 14, Jesus says, My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me where I am, so that where I am, you may also be. You see, your house and my house must be put in order, but his house is forever. Mm